Taking a critical look at the gaming news of the week. This is Augmented Reality. You are watching my favorite channel. I've not heard of them. The Triple S League. Enjoy, guys. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Augmented Reality Podcast for April 6th, 2022. Your source for news, leaks, and analysis of games in the gaming industry coming at you on YouTube and almost anywhere that you can hear your audio podcasts. My name is Ash, and I'm here with Subsidian and Moontag. As always, we are the Triple S League, and if you are listening live as we're recording this in our Discord server, please do say hello in the live chat. Leave us your questions and comments there as well, your memes, your whatevers. Uh, as we go through the show, this is a little thing we do for the, the folks on our server. Hey, if you want to join in on that, if you're listening live, uh, or if you're listening after the fact and you want to join in on the next recording session, uh, join up on our Discord server. Also, join our Gilded server. You will find uh, both links in the description below. We are kind of doing a controlled uh, retreat from Discord and moving to Gilded. But for the time being, uh, you know... The, the bulk it's, of our it's community gonna be, it's is, gonna be very slow it's, it's gonna not, be it's yeah gonna, it's gonna be slow for the and, time and it's gonna be slow because there's a lot of features on gilded that are not on discord and not everybody moves over like all at once right so we want to try and encourage as many people to move over as we can and that's just because discord has decided that there's just there's just a lot of things that um corporations and politicians and this is this is why this is one of the main reasons why we left is that Corporations and politicians are dictating what you can and cannot talk about in, you know, everything from memes to just just having a debate on it. It's like they don't want there to be a debate. They want there to be a, you know, this is the this is the official information from the party. And we're all going to agree with all the information from the party because the party cannot be wrong. My my know? favorite part of their new terms of service, and that's why we're leaving, or that's why we yeah. are uh, protesting and doing a controlled retreat from Discord, is their new uh, terms of service. My favorite part of their new terms of service is you can't you can't post anything that goes against the most recent consensus on certain things. The most yeah. recent consensus. I was like, wow, on, in some cases, that changes on a daily basis. It, it, it was pathetic. It's absolutely pathetic. Anyway, if you want to hear more in depth, we're not going to go in depth into that. Yeah, you can listen to yeah. our previous podcast from two weeks ago, or you can listen to we released a video uh, talking about it. Um, the the thumbnail for that one and, has the, and again uh, has a Toy Story meme on it. So look for that. Yeah. Um, and and again, we just we just want to reemphasize this is a recording when you're listening to this live. Oh yeah, if you're, uh, if you're sorry listening... when you're when you're listening to this tomorrow live on YouTube, it's being recorded the night before with yeah. a live audience on uh, on Discord. Which so you, which again, you can yeah, is... which you can join if you uh, yeah. find the find the link to our Discord server. But when you do that, if you if you join up on our Discord server, uh. Definitely join up on Gilded as well, because we are we are kind of making a transition over there. All right. Mm -hmm. uh, as far as uh, last week, there was no podcasts at all because I was sick. I got the COVID, and then uh, and then Max got sick, so we didn't do maximum news either. Sadly, so we're yeah. going to be covering a lot of topics today. Um, I also, you know, having been uh, sick with COVID, did not go to the GDC. Uh, now the two things were unrelated. I wasn't going to the GDC anyway, but. I think I think it stands. I would say it's probably probably most people would agree with this statement. If you are sick with COVID, you should not go to the GDC. Would you agree? I yeah. I I would agree with that. Yeah. 
It's like, don't I, go I, spreading it around. Like, generally, work tells you don't come to work if you're sick either. It's just rude and unproductive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, Saib, you had something you wanted to say about that. Yeah, well, I, I just finished telling the the audience here. So I had an experience when we first started doing, like, the, the conventions as a, as a as an actual, like, company. Um, our first thing that we went to on the first day, which was the night that we arrived, because we were doing we were doing a, a panel and some other stuff the next day. Uh, I think we we're doing two panels the next day. It's like we we sat down in this one thing to listen to uh, to to listen to a talk. It was pretty funny. It was is one of the ones where it's like more comedy than anything. And this this girl comes in, adult, and uh, and she sits down beside us, which I happen to be on the the side of. And she turns to her friends on the left and says, oh, guys, I'm really sick with the flu. So, like, don't touch or hug me. And, um, you know, uh, you know, I just couldn't stay away, though, because uh, I just wanted to be here so bad. Then she turns her head, coughs directly into my face, and then goes back to talking with her friends, not saying sorry, not apologizing, not even realize what she's doing is wrong, because to her, I guess, the only people there that was like you know had any you know right to be there was her like like in group and every everybody else was just like you know run them over with a trolley if you have to so yeah great people and uh turns out there was somebody at the gdc who did that uh except they did that as a speaker you know meeting other speakers meeting other you know people you know, meeting uh, team leads and stuff like that. You know, the people who go back and then and then correspond and, and talk with a whole bunch of people. This was so rude, like so rude. I used other words before we were live. But this was so rude to go to a convention, to talking with team leads, people again, who people who who spend their entire day meeting and speaking with other people. And they go there to, um, you know, full, knowing full well, not only did they take one COVID test, they took two COVID tests. Both of them came back positive and they decided, you know what? I'm special. I deserve to be here. I swear, if this was a zombie apocalypse, these are the people who will kill us all. Uh, you know, I, I know, I've been, you know I've been bit twice, but like, come on, I'm really important. They can't do this without me. Anyways, uh, they apologized, but um, made it quite clear that that they have special like you know uh, conditions that allow them you know to to have made that decision at the time. You know, it seemed like a good idea at the time. So yeah, uh, we won't touch that anymore. That's just uh, that's just <laughs> yep. selfish people doing selfish things. Congratulations. Absolutely. So Ridiculous. speaking of conventions, E three is canceled. Yeah, and who saw that coming? What was it? Two years ago? Two years ago? Who would you think? I, 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 yeah, I was going to see. Say, E three is canceled, and absolutely nobody's life was affected. Uh, but <laughs> hey, mine anyway. was. I call. I called this like what? Like two years ago? I said that they're done. They're they're gone. Like they're not recovering from this. So so like what? Yeah. Well, so 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 what happened? So I mean, they're not even. It, it, it we knew it was going to be an online event again, or that was the plan. But now it's just canceled. Mm-hmm. Period. Now, that doesn't yep. mean that uh, that game developers won't do an E three like series of uh, press conferences. Oh yeah, no, there, there's going to be there's going to be tons of press conferences this summer, and they're probably going to be uh, a little bit more spread out this time because, like, 
you know, why risk being buried in the news cycle, right? Like if you can pick a, a weekend that, you know, that yeah. nobody else is doing something massive, um, then yeah, it's probably, you know, it's a decent idea to like go after that as a, as a timing instead. Yeah, sure. And I guess I, what I take away from this is, and we, we've talked about this before, um, that the, the developers don't need E3 anymore to reach nope. people. They they don't nope. need... Now, could could E3 or, the, you know, the organization behind it or some organization like them, could they make make themselves valuable still in, in the, the digital streaming age? Well, I'm sure they could, but they sure haven't. There's really just nothing. I mean, watching E3 over the past couple of years, I've, I've never watched any. Like, I don't think we covered any of the official E3 stuff. It was all, you know, we'd, we'd go to, you know, we'd watch the, the Xbox uh, showcase and we watched the Bethesda showcase and we watched the. Um, well, I mean, the that, ver- that is, yeah, but that's like, that's how they run their thing, right? Like mm-hmm. the E3 isn't isn't the conventions that are ho- that like yes they help to host and arrange those big those big uh events but what they what they did was they mostly controlled the floor where where people were attending stuff and looking at booths and, and stuff like that um that that's what they really did and again it's like they're not needed essentially for that, especially when, when there's a lack of like physical presence at, at these things and that people are more interested in doing like, you know, local events. So you don't have to hobnob so much um, right now with uh, directly with, um, you know, people at these mixers and stuff like that. You can just literally like go to Twitch, go to YouTube, see who's talking about similar genre stuff and then be like, Hey, would you like to, to talk about our game either online or like maybe we'll fly you out for a special outing or something like that. It's like that kind of press has been working a lot better and a lot more than the traditional, like, Hey, let's get, you know, 50 devs, 20 execs and and 200 media people into a, a room and give them a bunch of booze and alcohol. Yes, people were able to get a lot more info back then. And I, I've got to say, my source is probably going to be just a little bit harder to like clear now because, you know, there's not as many drunk people talking. Randy, <coughs> excuse me, Randy. <laughs> um, you know, and, and there's there's just not going to be that much uh, stuff going on as far as like like rumors and hearsay and stuff like that. But what, what this does allow is this does allow more people to connect via, you know, via discord, via Facebook, via Twitter, via, you know, whatever tool that they're using to communicate, just plain old text, you know, whatever. And they'll, they'll be more stuff like that. So that that's kind of a good thing because, you know, it does mean that there's a little bit more specialization in it. It's definitely not perfect right now. The, um, you know, Upper Echelon did a, a really good video recently on why you can't trust stuff and, you know, uh, like trust reviews or trailers or media coverage at all on new stuff. Because in every, in almost every scenario, and I, I can confirm this, in almost every scenario, the story is basically scripted to be a certain way the playtime the uh, you know you know we never got our hands on on an official um like near release version of cyberpunk we just we were just not that special and we never got to see the product that was nearing completion 
And instead, we had to go off of like what we were being told by other people. And what we were being told by other people, um, a number of them we, we've talked to and we've communicated with over the years, and, and they ran some of our stuff. They got physical copies before the release date. And when we talked to them and said, how is it? They said, yeah, it's all good. You know, and, and so that kind of, so that, that shows, you know, that we, even as like fairly skeptical as we were and had been because of all of the stupid, all I, I posted this today or was it yesterday? Uh, I think it was today because yeah, Twitter, we're going to talk about Twitter in a second. I posted it on Twitter. It's like, I have been disappointed for the last like three years, four years, almost nonstop by big corporations making video games because they just don't know how to. They just don't know how to do this stuff. They're too, um, something is wrong with the corporate system that is just driving these products into the ground. Not all of them, but most of them. And, you know, we, we hope that we're going to see a change around in this. We're hoping that, you know, the next Witcher is going to be good. We're hoping that the next, you know, uh, Bethesda product is going to be good. And we've got some news to talk about that stuff. So, yeah. That that's that's that. Did I miss anything about the the, the E three thing? Um, well, we got some comments in the chat. Sure. Rise against them says spread out announcements are nice. Might be a decent motivator to stand out with what they're coming out with. Dot dot mm-hmm. dot. Maybe. Turkey Master says state of plays are generally enough. No, I mean from what I remember, E three is just an event to market your game through a live performance, which doesn't seem to be a great way of advertising to me. To be honest. All you need to do is show some great gameplay. It's just a glorified state of play. Well, and and I think, yeah, yeah, I have to agree with that because it's like even you look at what Larian Studios has been doing with like showcasing like the progress of their game and actually doing live plays like with a live stream with real comments from like the crowd that's actually interested, not just like pandering to a bunch of executives. Yeah, Larian's been killing it. Larian's been doing yeah. a fantastic job with uh, with with their live stream uh, events, and not mm-hmm. you know, they're not being they're not putting on a bunch of pretentious trappings. You know, they do the thing that they they dress up. They have some new, cool set pieces. You can tell it's a low budget operation. Although they did smash a very expensive looking uh, ice sculpture in the last one. <laughs> <That's> so great. <laughs> they did not smash a Steam Deck. Um, they made a, they, they made they, a fake they, one. <laughs> they made a fake one and they broke it or live what? and people were like, oh my God. Or, or wait a minute, was, wait a minute. Was that Steam Deck or was it a Nintendo Switch uh, Pro? I think it was no, a Steam Deck. No, I think it was or, Steam Deck. Either way, it was fake. And, yeah. you know, so they, they didn't, they didn't do that, uh, thankfully. But they, uh, they, they, they entertain through the, uh, the quality of their content. Mm-hmm. And sort of the, I mean, there's just a, there's a small sort of homey uh, feel to it, but mostly it's about showing you the gameplay. And so, yeah, E3, there's so much wrapped up in, in what E3 was that is all just, um, it's all just superfluous. Yeah. None, and they, you know, and there's they millions of millions of dollars spent yeah. on things that do nothing to actually uh, increase the sales of the games or or to show us the viewers what the games are all about yeah and i have but these to say, sparkles were so expensive right i have to say that that one of the biggest faux pas one of the biggest failures um 
that they did here without without a doubt hands down one of the biggest absolute failures um was that they never like e3 themselves never took to the stage like you know the organization that was running it and they never did something like a pc showcase pc showcases were were completely forgotten about it was wrapped up in everything else and it wasn't until more recent years that some organizers including that duck from the the that sweet that sweets company um it's really fun to like tweet at him because he usually responds and and we've had some like running jokes back and forth it's been very funny and again the only reason why is because they cover the e3 thing we can't even it's duchess i I think we can't even buy like they're not in our location so we, we don't even get any of their stuff i've never eaten any of the things that they talk about but it's still funny talking to them and again that was entirely done by having this communication via um set up via the uh, the uh, PC showcase. But what they should have done, E3, what E3 should have done years ago was create their own PC actual showcase. Like pump it up, get a get a host in there, but they just left that stuff on the table and then over the years, you know, Keeley came in, picked it up, said, "Hey, nobody's doing this. I guess I'll just walk away with this." And he's had amazing success with that. You know, we're, we've been annoyed with some of his coverage recently. Um, how, how, like, you know something's wrong when one game that's, like, not loved by the fans, like, hardly at all, it wins every category that it's in. Well, the Game Awards have just been garbage, period. Yeah. Uh, so there, we have so our problems Keely's, with that. But... Keeley's definitely not doing everything right. But, he, yeah, you're right. He did kind of... Yeah, he's uh, still he doing stepped a into decent that, job. He stepped into that niche that was something that mm-hmm. uh, nobody was doing. So he started yeah. doing it, and here we are. Yeah, so, like, again, just a lot of failure on E3's part. I have to say, without a doubt, that um, that they the, the, there is this political, and again, I don't mean political as in, like, political party. I mean political as in, like, clicky niche-like oh are you a friend of so-and-so and are you do you uh pay homage to the the sony or the xbox which which is your which needs do you serve sir that kind of stuff that kind of stuff going from like smaller companies to publisher companies to other kinds of stuff and if you were like a new person trying to get on the inside like if you were a a small YouTuber, if you were a, a small magazine, if you were a small anything, and you were trying to get into this stuff, these people look down at their nose, or sorry, down through their nose. Um, they look down through their nose at you, and they were like, you disgust me, sir. Go away. Right out and, the nostrils. And, they just peer right through that. Yeah, yeah. Just like, and it was just rude. I mean, we we worked with Upper Echelon when, when, when he went the, um, a few years ago, and it was just like, it was like pulling teeth to just have the ability for him to bring a bring in a camera so he could do interviews which all of the major publications were doing without without a pause and we had paid for the professional license to do that and it's like it's just it's bs it was bs from the beginning and again it's because they weren't interested in serving the gamers they were only interested in serving corporations groups other things like that and and they they didn't really care about oh, yeah it's this elitist club you, this controlled yeah. controlled access is 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 bullcrap but we don't need that anymore 
the yep. again the developers can can directly reach their fans now and that's that's i want more of that yeah um let's see here a couple we need to move on but there's some so some good yeah, comments yeah, yeah. here uh, Bethesda, uh lady reaver says uh bethesda and the studio working on hogwarts legacy are doing it right staying quiet until they're bursting with confidence in yes. their product uh i agree um i that's the way to do it of course doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to be good but again you get you get this effect when you start hyping things too early you get this yep. inflation effect of the hype and you get a you know it's impossible it becomes impossible to live up to everybody's expectations in the let's like okay so i so i just i've been playing ghostwire tokyo it's a decent game it's not um it is not by you know it's 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 not the be it all and end all of open world games it's actually you know it's 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 got a, it's a lot really fun in a lot of ways but it's got it's got its downsides i put a uh you know a more detailed review up on steam and also on posted it on discord and gilded but um you know it 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 could have been hyped up for years beforehand and it would have been super disappointing whereas mm-hmm. You know, going into it with almost neutral expectations was just a lot better because it's like, oh, yeah, well, these parts of it are really good. Uh, these parts of it, not so good. Uh, by the way, that's a TLDR on my review on that one. It's a it's a wait for sale title. Uh, I, I did enjoy it quite a bit, but it's got, um, you know, it's it's just it's pretty average as far as games go, especially. Uh, can you sit down wherever you want, Ash and Ghostwire? Uh, no, sure would you can't. You definitely can't. <laughs> that's, and that's just, I want to open all the doors. But it's not a. I mean, it's not supposed to be that kind of like. It's not trying to be an immersive sim open world RPG. It's an open world uh, action adventure game, and it does pretty good at being that. But it, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of you know there's buildings you can't go in. There's stuff you can't sit on. So, um, anyway, uh, what was the other thing I was gonna say? Oh yeah, someone mentioned. Oh yeah, Turkey mentioned uh, Witcher, the new Witcher saga, and uh, having high hopes for that. And it's being developed in Unreal Engine five, which we're going to talk about in a sec. Mm-hmm. And then Lady Reaver says CDPR has a lot to make up for. I'm excited for the new game, but waiting for release and reviews. I think that's been the lesson of the last few years. Yep, basically. Just no. Um, just yeah. The, the, the the overhyping is uh, I, I've taken to calling it hype fatigue, and I, I just I don't have the patience for that anymore. I I mean I've I've often said riding that uh, cyberpunk hype train was a lot of fun while it lasted, but looking back, it's like what was that all for? For a game right. that we don't even we don't even talk about anymore. So okay, mm-hmm. so uh, let's see what should we talk about next? We got Starfield. We got unreal engine well i mean let's 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 hop over to um bethesda and then go into the unreal engine so uh some more screenshots were leaked we're not showing them because they're leaks uh they're also not that good like like not that they're showing bad stuff it's that they're like close-ups of like seams and stuff for like like um like seams of of thing i again i don't want to i don't want to describe them too much but they're like they're like objects in like placeable objects within the world or something like that. And it's like, okay, that's, yeah. yeah. So that's the, that's the leaks. 
So the leak's not big. There was a couple of interviews. Um, that's more so what we were going to talk about. But the leaks, all they really showcase is that we're not going to be playing the game in 486 anymore. Um, you know, like the, the, people had a lot of complaints when uh, when 70, uh, you know, obviously for 76, but also for number for Fallout 4, that it wasn't graphically stunning, you know. And again, the, the joke in that is that, yeah, this isn't that graphically stunning. Um, but you can make a, a version of Fallout 4 and a version of Skyrim with 20k graphics. You can do that if you want to. You know, and and it's it's weird to me that so many people are so angry about like, you know, oh, they need to change their engine out because I want to look at 2k graphics. It's like, you know, there's packs that you could just install for Skyrim that turn it into a 20k game. I mean, it's yeah, massive, it's in fact, it's a terabyte uh... engine, but it's like it's there, and it's and it's like, well, it's like okay. Bethesda even uh, Bethesda even released there. You know, I'm not saying they did it as good as the modders did, but they they released the uh, the upgraded graphics versions of it. Um, yeah, so it's not a it's not a uh, limitation of the engine there. Yeah, no, and and. And that's what I think people are like, kind of like cutting them short on is that obviously people are still upset about them for 76. They're upset about the idea of having to wait for Bethesda to fix their games after release. Yeah. Everything's so buggy, all that kind of stuff. And for a long time, the community really joked with them about that. And when asked, people weren't actually that negative about it. And sales reflected that, like hands down. The sales of the players of these games did not did not warrant or suggest that they were upset about the bugginess. They kind of laughed it off and then they had some patches and it was fixed. And it's like, it's like, it wasn't until, you know, number four and especially 76 came along that people got really, really angry, like legitimately angry. Um, and that's because the bugs had gotten to the point where it was just, it was just a, an S show and they couldn't, and they couldn't do anything. They couldn't play the game. They couldn't. They couldn't play with their friends. It was just. It was just an un. It was just a buggy mess that they had, had gone too far on. Now, Bethesda knows this. They have learned their lesson. I. I, I know they've Hopefully. learned their lesson. They've been. Yeah, they've well. been quite vocal about it. They have. Um, they have done that. That. They. They have gone well past what you know when BP you know did that big oil spill and they killed all those sea life and you know then the the guy got on south park and was like we're sorry we're sorry we're sorry okay it wasn't actually so the, it wasn't actually there the it wasn't actually anybody from the company but that like their apology that they gave to you know people in the coast and and all this kind of stuff was like it was blase it was corporate up the yin yang and it was just not cool the apology that bethesda has given has been like way more sincere like when todd is like talking in 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 one of these interviews and he's like we really messed this up and we like we it really bothered a lot of us it's like he's being real there like sure you could say you could say you know whatever you want on it but i mean the guy who's like he's like you can see it he's not 
Todd Howard is not a good actor. I did. <laughs> he's got a couple lines in Oblivion. He is not a good actor at all. He cannot <laughs> act. And when he comes on these things again, it, you and some people are like, oh no, he's acting. He's acting. It's like it, you you expect me to believe that in a game that he's producing, he will try to act and he does a miserable job at it. Then you expect me to think that he goes out of his way to take like acting lessons for five years to say an apology on stage. Like, like I, I, I find that like a little hard to believe. Like, well, give, so, him, some, give him some credence, right? Sure. Okay. I mean, point point received. But as 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 mm-hmm. Niv said in the chat here, words are just words, and I think yes, yeah. you know we would all agree with that. Yeah, they they've got a. They've got to show it with with uh, what they produce next. Yeah, they, they obviously nobody they have to here show is that. is is you know accepting. Uh, or we're not going to claim that Bethesda's changed based just on that. Um, yes. No. So, in any case, um, right. So let's talk about what uh, what has been said about Starfield. So now this is the this is the quote I found here. Um, and now, I don't know, this, this seems pretty, uh, this doesn't seem like there's all that much here, um, to me, so I, but, you know, you tell me if you, if there's something that you're pulling out of this that I'm not seeing, um, but we've got Emil Pagliarulo, um, from the studio saying, saying you're going to create the studio's first new IP in 20 years is one thing, actually pulling that off is a different story. It's been so awe-inspiring to watch Starfield morph into this amazing game little by little, and with us covering so much new ground, there comes a point where you're working on a game, and it's just kind of a mess, especially early on, because newsflash, that's what game development is. Well, this is very wordy. Mm -hmm. But then you get to that point where the systems really start to come online, and things start to work really well, and gel. Almost sounds like he's talking about Bioware magic, but let's not go there. And you see everything forming into the vision you had when you first started on this crazy journey, when that first happened with Starfield... It really was an, oh, oh, wow, yeah, this is something really special. Players are going to lose their minds. Okay. I'm... That got me 0% excited. I mean, we've heard this kind of thing before, so... Yes. Now, that that's that's not really the, like... You gotta you gotta read past this because it's it's exactly what you said. It's a word salad. It's, it's corporate speak. It's corporate speak speaking to professional interviewers. It's the stuff yeah. around it. It's the it's the news that we've been getting from, um, you know, sources and stuff close to you know people that are people that report on this stuff, um, and the reports are that this is looking up, that this is really looking up, and it's looking up way better than any game they've ever released before, and their decision on basically Bethesda has decided to be quiet on it and to follow their to to not overhype it to be direct, to be honest, and to be not to like try and over amp it. And so for that, we kind of have to give them some prompts because again, what they're, what they're talking about is they're talking about the journey. They're talking about the, you know, the, the special like nature of this, how this is like really grown on them over the past few years. That wasn't the speech that they were giving us when, when it came to 76. That wasn't even the speech that they were giving us when they, when it was Fallout 4. That's where this is kind of like raising my eyebrow going, hmm, okay. So that's that's there. We've got the leaks that we can see that they've really upped their graphical game. They've really upped their lighting. They've really upped their um, their general like stuff with their engine. And 
we're hearing more and more rumors. The ultimate, like, ultimately, don't buy into this. Like, don't buy into pre-hype. We, we've said that a million times. Don't buy into pre-hype. Never pre-order. Yeah, never, never pre-order without, like outside of launch week. Um, you know, because it's it's it can just be really disappointing. In some cases, the company will send you a helmet that gives you that grows mold that can kill you. Yes, that actually happened. And so, Fun. basically, basically, what we're hearing and what what I'm seeing from some of these interviews, especially with the with the like with the testing staff, is that that this is their best product that they've made in years. And it's their best product because they've put their heart and soul into things. And they've really gone back, looked at what their best stuff was in previous games. And they've made sure to double down and perfect that kind of, to perfect that stuff. Yeah. Well, that's what we're, that's what we're hearing. And that's what we're hoping for. Yeah. I mean, obviously uh, the proof is, the proof. What does that phrase mean? The proof is in the pudding. I don't even know what that means. But you know, well, the, the proof, proof is... is in the pudding. As as in, like, if you say, "Hey, I'm a good chef," you're like, "Uh huh, sure you are." You know, you all right? Bake me some pudding, and then you bake them some pudding, and they go, "Wow, this is okay. amazing pudding." Oh my god! Oh my yeah. god! Everything else you the cook texture. is crap, but the pudding is amazing. The texture, the spice. Anyway, the the proof the is little in... sweet after finish. And is that <laughs> is that almoretto? Did you put almoretto in this? Oh my god! I didn't even think of that. And you toasted the almonds. Oh my god! Oh, this is so good. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. So yeah, the proof is in the pudding. Absolutely. Pudding used to be pudding. You like when that term was invented, pudding was the um, was basically like the best thing that you would eat in that week. That was the best thing you were going to eat that week. Was going to be you know that 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 magnificent pudding from somebody whether it was your aunt or whatever i'm, I'm, I'm getting into the weeds on that it yeah. was it meant it meant something really awesome that's what it means yeah so so we'll see when this game actually comes out if uh if these hopes are uh are warranted but yeah absolutely like like a lot of you're saying like we're not letting bethesda off the hook either we're not no we're not going to be hyping this game don't run out and pre-order it um we're, we're gonna start is. we're gonna start talking about it we're gonna have a, a podcast kind of devoted to um starfield as more information kind of comes out we'll we'll kind of cover it because um look if if this game is is really solid really good you know better than fallout 4 better than skyrim if this game offers growth and expansion i mean this game is gonna be around for decades with all the mods and all the stuff and it's probably going to be replaced with like brain scan chips where you know we get full dive that's probably when it's going to be replaced because it's going to be you know it's going to be the the sci-fi version of you know the elder scrolls and and the fallout and it's just going to be it's going to be really good so if it's good if it's honestly really good we're going to cover it. we're going to we're going to do some mod showcases we're going to do a whole bunch of stuff stuff we we were wanting to do with a whole bunch of games that have now disappointed us, you know, and, and caused us to, you know, just have great pain and, and suffering. Yeah. yeah. We're not going to cover it if it's like that, but if it's good, we're going to cover it a lot and we're going to cover it with lots of, lots of good stuff. But again, the promise is that, that the game has to be actually good. And, and then, you know, we're going to balance that with obviously with the other great games that we have one Larian, obviously, um, you know, Larian, 
their last patch, they just they came out with a bunch of new stuff. It wasn't a lot. It wasn't anything to do with story. And that's how you know that they're really working on a ton of story because they're putting their, out these patches, but we're only getting small, tiny little bits of what they've been working on. There's so much stuff that they're working on in the background that it's really going to be amazing. So, yeah. Hmm. And as Rise says, then we'll see re-releases for the next 50 years. Yes, I agree. Coming out on every <laughs> piece of technology. Yeah. <laughs> Like, there's a chance that this is going to be a brain scan game in the future. Oh, my God. Do you guys realize that? (laughs) Anyway, but can it run Starfield? Yes, exactly. The new Skyrim. But can your your Starfield... If you can't play Skyrim on the tech in Starfield, I'm refunding the game. There. That's my new new pledge. If If you can't... If you can't pull up your little watch, you know how like in Commander Keen, you could bring up your your menu watch, you could play Pong on it. You you better be able to play Skyrim on whatever your Starfield version of a Pip Boy is, or uh, I'm gonna, or we're, we're there's there's gonna be riots. Uh anyway, on that stupid note, uh let's see here. What should you know? What let's uh let's talk about Unreal in a minute. There's a couple other small stories stories. we want to get to um so there's a settlement in the activision blizzard lawsuits Uh, man they made them pay they made them pay blizzard activision blizzard is a is a multi-billion dollar company bought for how much 70 some odd billion dollars with up to 74 as low as 68 69 humongous deal from Microsoft buying them out. They are a massive multi-billion dollar company. And I sw- the federal government, the federal government of the United States, they came down on them and they said, we hear that you have been like, you're so bad that people are literally committing suicide. Allegedly may or may not have anything to do with what was going on there. Hard to prove. We, yeah. we we have we have all these records that you have been paying people incorrectly, that you've been abusive, that people people young mothers have had their 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 special substance that they make for their children stolen from employee fridges that are clearly labeled, you know, for that reason, and they had to put locks on it. Just thing after thing after thing after thing. Bobby Kodak himself, he called his secretary and threatened to. Kill her. Well, again, allegedly, allegedly. I was going to say, you better. (laughs) Now, this has been all going on, and the evidence has been quite damning. And we've got to say that yes, the federal government of the United States, the the leadership of 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 Joe Biden in his glorious uh, um, leadership has has come in. And I'm not trying to get political here, but I have to say this: he came in and he brought justice. This multi billion dollar company almost 10 percent of a trillion dollars which is insanely huge he came in and said you guys got to go fix that company and those feds came in and they said ha you guys make like you guys make 20 million dollars a day a day guys we're gonna sue you all these women that have been brutalized, that have been have been treated just absolutely horrendously, this evidence, this overwhelming evidence, we found you out, and we are going to sue you. How much do you make a day? $20 million? Okay, we're going to sue you for about $17 million. That's right. One day 
of 365 days a year, you're not going to make, well, you're still going to make like, like seven million, like five, maybe six, maybe three, four million dollars that day. But still, this is going to teach you to to insult women, drive them to suicide allegedly, um, threaten to kill them allegedly, do all this stuff. Yeah, this this is gonna this is gonna learn you, and we're gonna say it. we're gonna make this so that you know you know there's the state, the state is suing you too. They're suing you for. For two hundred and fifty million dollars to begin with—that's their bottom line. Two hundred fifty million dollars. We're going to tell them that actually, this this supersedes that, and 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 um and if they and they're uh they're not going to be able to sue you for two hundred fifty million because you're paying the eighteen million here today, you know the the eighteen million because again that eighteen million that's going to bite you guys in the. But that's gonna that's gonna send you guys to the poorhouse. I mean, you're gonna be so ashamed sh- and horrified at what you've done uh, with this with the with the again. How much do you make a day? Twenty twenty to twenty five million dollars a day. Wow. And the the California government suing you for how much? Th- two hundred fifty to four hundred fifty million dollars. Oh wow. Well, I mean. You know, it's a good thing that you have um, a bunch of people that work for you used to work for the federal government like two and three administrations ago. Uh, yeah, just like, like, you know, it's really good that you have all these people and we've decided to sue you for the $18 million, which in retrospect doesn't really, you know, it's, it's not really that much. But I mean, it's going to hurt. I mean... You know, that's at least half of Bobby's like weekend, like, you know, whatever he does on the weekend with with a bunch of. Oh, he's you know, well, hell, he's not paying young it. Come on, and, give me a break. He's, he's not going to be paying stuff. that money. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's the thing. And that's I uh, as you can tell by that long winded um, storified rant. I hate this. Well, it's, it does it's seem disgusting. pretty it does seem pretty low. And I just want to clarify uh, that what, what's been blocked as far as the other, you know, the, the California lawsuit is that claimants who I've got a highlight on the screen here, yeah. claimants who apply to receive money from the EEOC settlement. That is the, uh, that's the $18 million one we're talking about, um, which is being filed by the U S equal Op- equal employment opportunity commission. Um, if if people receive money from that, they waive the right to receive monetary relief from the DFEH lawsuit, which is the one being filed by California. So it doesn't mean, at least unless there's some information that's not being listed here, they might, you know, Blizzard still might have to pay out. Over they, the they might. California it's gonna be. Lawsuit. It's gonna be a lot harder. It's gonna be a lot harder now. A lot harder. It is going to be a lot harder. But in any case, um, it does it does seem low. It's going into a fund for claimants who worked at the company. Uh, says starting in September first, twenty sixteen. That they clearly didn't edit this very well. Um, so no. I don't know what that actually means. Starting in September twenty sixteen. Maybe that's supposed to be starting after September first, twenty sixteen. Um, but in any case, I mean, yeah, that. For, for the egregiousness of the claims, it does seem low. Now, of course, then there's the difficulty of what can you prove. And, 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 and again, I mean, this is the, the, like, like, this isn't going to stop them from doing this behavior. Like, 
they they made hundreds of millions of dollars off these people. And now they're being forced to pay after all these years, after years and years and years and years of abuse and neglect and all these other things, again, allegedly or not. And there's more and more evidence coming out to prove that pretty much all of this stuff is like kosher. There's more and more evidence coming out to prove this. And what we're seeing now is we're seeing they're going to pay not even the full profits of a day. Like, not even the full profits of a day. That's ridiculous. Bobby's also, Bobby Kotick has just got to stop talking. I mean, his his statement here, our goal is to make Activision Blizzard a model for the industry. Okay, you've already lost. But that is not going to, give me a break. That is not going to happen while he's in charge, for damn sure. And we will continue to focus on eliminating harassment and discrimination from our workplace. Okay, well, why did you let it be there in the first place? Like, the way, you know, uh, Corpo speak, uh, you know, absolve, obviously talking around it in such a way that it's like, oh, I had no idea this was going on. Well, I mean, how, first of all, and yeah, right, secondly. Uh, <clears throat> I don't, I mean, it's my personal opinion. I'm pretty, I, my opinion is that he knew full well what was going on. Um, that's just my opinion, my non-suable opinion. Um, but, well, we'll see. So, yes. So they were going to pay out pocket change, as is sadly typical in these, in these situations, unfortunately. Um, speaking of people forking over pocket change for things, uh, Elon Musk (laughs) bought nine, uh, 9% of Twitter now belongs to Elon Musk, and he's going to be sitting on the board of directors. This, this was, I, I was pretty sure the rumors were like, I, I I don't know. I wasn't sure what to make of the rumors that he was going to be buying Twitter, but he, uh, he did. He bought into Twitter and, uh, this was like, I, I had to go through like 15 articles, uh, before before I could find one that wasn't just um, idiotic mainstream journalism psycho drivel complaining and whining about Elon Musk or trying to make fun of him for all this or trying to make it out like he's just some some uh, overgrown child. Uh, for, I mean, come on. The, the dude's putting rockets in space. Stop pretending like he's an insignificant force on the planet right now. Like so the articles that I was reading about this were just stupid and were actually a fantastic uh, example of the state of journalism. But anyway, uh, this one from the New York Times of all places uh, is actually just kind of reporting the news on this. So uh, that's the one I chose to put up on the screen here. But anyway, so he's, uh, he is, as, as, he's, as the headline says, he joins Twitter's board, pitching ideas big and small, so he um, he bought nine percent of the company, and uh, you had some insight on this, like wh- on to, as to why they offered him a board seat because they they offered it to him. Twitter offered it, offered him a board seat after he bought uh, this um, this pretty significant stake in the company. Although it's a it's obviously a minority stake, but it is it is a big stake in the company. Um, anyway, what are your thoughts on this side? 
and uh, live chat. I want to hear your thoughts on this too. So I was, I was just typing a reply. Um, some people are like, why should we trust, you know, rich people? It's like, well, there's trusting rich people. And then there's trusting people who are inventors and who are rich because they do things that are very good for society. Do I trust Paris Hilton? No. Would I trust her great grandfather? Probably not. Because again, not people that went out of their way to create good things for people. Would I trust the original Henry Ford? Well, probably, depending on where in his life, um, the after the the after the riot, um, I would, because he went out of his way to make sure that he was paying the most for any job in the United States because he wanted the best people to come and work for him to create the best products so he could sell those products for the lowest price. You don't get that in any other system. You don't get that in in a system where smart people are not valued. Um, do I agree with everything Elon Musk says? No. Do I think that he's better than giant corporations who who have been consuming things like Twitter and the internet and who want to control them and destroy them. Yeah, actually a lot more. Is that our only option at the moment? Pretty much because again, there's been a lot of people who have attempted to create a, um, a, 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 a Twitter, you know, alternative alternative, right? Yeah. Thank you. Moon. Um, there's been a lot of people who've tried to create alternatives and none of them have worked. You know, there's some that are getting slowly getting more and more that are slowly getting better and better. And, you know, we, we look, so you look at the thing and right. And you're like, well, first there was AOL, then there was MySpace, then there was Facebook. Yeah. And you know what happened between AOL and MySpace or yeah, MySpace is that the giant corporations and the giant government lobbies and all of these big shareholders were like, hey, we're not interested in losing money anymore by having a def defective, useless product that nobody wants to play or use or, or you, know, you know, interact with. Is there some way we can make these things now the permanent, like, upper class of, like, the thing that everybody has to use? And that's why we haven't seen Twitter drop despite the fact that they weren't making money for so long, despite all these problems, more and more we have government stepping in to fix the table so that the one thing that everybody's forced to use is the one thing that people are using. That's a big problem because now it's not about creating something that, that can rival or put down or compete against these big things. Now it's these things are now working with government to make new rules and anybody who's willing to stand up to them and say, you know what? I really don't agree with that. And you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to use what I can to like, you know, force you to change. I like, again, I, I'm not going to trust him, trust him, but like he's better than every other alternative that we have right now. So mm -hmm. like, well, I, I want, I want to echo that point. Like, yeah, there's, there's, questions in the chat or in the live chat is talking about right now uh uh w they're talking about why should we trust this guy um mm -hmm. they're also mocking me for my terrible segue <laughs> I, you know what i can blame my covid brain we didn't we didn't it's not like we practice these guys you get the raw 
uncut, mm. un, unrehearsed podcast here. Uh, like like late at night too. We should add. Like <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 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 later it's in the evening. It's almost nine. It's almost nine o'clock, and we've been up since early this morning. So so yeah, but like, do I trust Elon Musk? So, no, I mean yeah. he, here's here's my my philosophy on it when it comes to to people in power, uh, whether they're politicians, whether they're business people like this. Um, it's about track record. And mm-hmm. if we talk about, you know, I look at Twitter, I see it is broken. It is just broken, awful to use. I hate using it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a spool. It's a, yeah, exactly, Moon. And I want your thoughts on this too in a sec. But, uh, you know, and then I see, I see Elon who is, um, you know, clearly uh, he's, he's a little bit kooky. Uh, you just look at the, the way he names his kids. I feel like he... Mm-hmm. He's not exactly in touch with the common man necessarily, <laughs> but, but again, he is, you look at what he's producing and I think if he could apply that to Twitter and he's already, you know, asking people what they want to see on Twitter, putting out polls and things like that, um, it could be a good thing. And so for that reason, I'm in favor of it. Not cause I, th- not cause I think he's some uh infallible guru who's worthy of trust but it's like every politician even the ones i vote for no no i i don't trust any of them any one of them could go bad at a moment's notice you just have to look at the uh uh turkey says i think his wife has as much to do with the weird naming as as he does yeah yeah (laughs) grimes is a is a little odd as well um just just quickly break up though well, yes and no. The, the, there's, um, I'll go into that in the after show. So yeah, um, gotta... yeah, because I because I've, I've yeah. Anyway, so I just want to say this. Um, this will be my last add into this, uh, and that is that um, we we literally like went to the moon, and then for about twenty years we had this amazing space race push. Uh, like, well, obviously, like the moon landing was was not not at the start of that. That was kind of like in the, the you know, mid mid range there. And that was amazing. And that was good. And then I don't know. Again, like, guys, like, I, I don't know how much everybody has head knowledge floating around on this subject. But you look at the technology that was used to land on the moon originally and the technology that NASA was using like 10 years ago. And it's basically the same. Like, that's the scary thing, is that somehow the, it was going great, going great, growing, going great, and then it just suddenly, like, topped off. We haven't been back to the moon for who knows how long. We haven't done anything in, in space that's really noteworthy. People were still flying the same shuttles that they were flying 30 years prior to that. They still had cockpits that looked like a, a bizarre, like, 1970s uh, technology push uh and and there just wasn't any new progression being made in anything in the field like literally nothing a handful of probes that's that's about it well i guess now it, you look at- i thought i thought it came down to them just not wanting to fund it or like you know why go back we've been there a whole bunch of times let's send stuff to mars instead and that's what they did no no they 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 spun down. There was going to be a there, there was, and there still should be a moon base built ASAP, because we really need to start mining helium three. 
Like, we really, really need to start mining Helium-3 on a regular basis. And nobody was finding a way to do that. Nobody. And then in what? Less than eight years, Elon Musk manages to... Like, I mean, you look at the Dragonfly cockpit today, and then you look at what they were using a decade before that. Decade before that, stuff from the 70s. Today, touchscreen, everything's like electronics. It's like super amazing. They have like all these like backups and stuff like that that's hidden in the walls and all this stuff. And it's 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 absolutely amazing. It's absolutely amazing. It's like we're it's so cool. It's almost like the government can't do anything worth shit. Uh, exactly. What, 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 do, what do you think, Mo? What do you, what do you think about Elon buying into Twitter? And then we'll move on. Mm. Well. He did say he's a free speech absolute ab, ah, words absolutionist. Yeah, yeah, that word. So like that's something in the right direction, I think. So I at this point, like I don't know him clearly, like personally, whatever. All I know is what I've seen online and in the media. So it's like we'll see where this goes. But as far as my personal assessment. I'm like, he's got at least one point well, in the right direction. <laughs> I, I, I agree. So, And someone who's willing to be publicly in favor of free speech as kind right. of person that I want. I want more of those people in big tech because, yeah, this is it's getting ridiculous. It's getting ridiculous. The 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 anti. Uh, well, I mean, you've heard our thoughts about that with the whole thing with regard to discord. Um, mm-hmm. So. SpaceX has blown up more rockets than NASA NASA has launched. Yeah, but that's why they're making progress. <laughs> oh, and Shua also. Right. Shua has called it. He uh he knows why we didn't go back to the moon. We didn't find any cheese there. Why why go back? Um All right. Speaking of innovations, uh <laughs> that are copying Oh, my segue game is not on not not stupid, not solid tonight. I, I will give you that one. I'll just blame the COVID brain, like I said. Um, so PlayStation is doing their, has launched their so-called competitor to uh, to the to Xbox's. Uh, oh shoot, what's it called? Game Pass. So, um, what people are even though it's it's really not it's not it's not a Game Pass competitor. But it's the closest thing they've got, so people are people are comparing the two. Basically, um, they have with essential the the essential version of their PlayStation Plus. You get online multiplayer for PlayStation consoles. By the way, why do they do this? This is so stupid. This Nintendo does this too, and it's the dumbest thing ever. You got to pay extra to actually uh, game online. It's so dumb. When did this start, and why are we okay with it? Right. Plus, then they give you a free. I actually did do a comparison of the pricing. Oh yeah, yeah. For their ahead. plus subscription thing compared with the Xbox Game Pass, so like, uh, the highest tier, like the premium, premium, uh, PlayStation subscription that gets you like all the things and all the storage and all the games and blah blah blah. That one is about 120 bucks US uh, monthly. Or no, wait, hang on. That's too I, I counted high. it. I was like, no, one, one nine, 20? What was it? I had it pulled up for a second here. <laughs> but either way, it was like pretty comparable. Uh, oh, yeah. No, it was 120 yearly. That 
bad. So 120 yearly for the highest tier of PlayStation subscription. And it's pretty comparable to the Xbox one, which is about 115 USD yearly. Mm-hmm. So it's like, uh, it's it's a step in the right direction, I guess. But it's like, wow, you guys are kind of late to the game. But they're also they're 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 offering less though. They're not offering uh, no right. Uh, this this uh, Xbox, you're still getting you know you're getting this massive library of games plus day one Huge. releases. Uh, they with the PlayStation One, you know again at their base level, you get two free PlayStation games a month, uh, cloud storage and store discounts. That's what you're getting if you're paying. That's the ten dollar a month, you know, basic. If, if you bump up to the next tier, uh, you will also get up to four hundred PS4 and PS5 games available for console download only. So not on PC. Uh, it's, it's for console only. Uh, their premium, which is the you know the highest cost one, uh, up to three hundred and forty. They they say up to here because that's they're saying you know they're going to be adding this over time. They're not like all available right now up to 340 additional games across PlayStation generations. Um, all plus streaming games available to stream on PC. So that's again, we'd have to parse that out a bit to see what that, so you can stream some of some stuff to PC. That's for sure. But what, um, Okay, PS1, 2, 3, and 4 games available to download or stream on console. Anyway, uh, I, I don't know. This just doesn't seem to have the uh, the competitive power, I think, to uh, to compete with uh, with what Xbox is offering. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, she was yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's... I I don't think it's going to like I think it's obviously it's like they're they're like oh yes this is our competition it's like are you going to be able to play some of the top games coming out you know that month on there and I'm going to say I'm probably pretty sure you're not (laughs) yeah I'm probably pretty sure that's not going to happen and it's because this isn't this isn't what PlayStation does this isn't their you know game as it were this was this is their you know um, this is their attempt to kind of catch up on something that they've been behind on for quite a while. Sure. So uh, yeah. well, she was she was making the point that this isn't to sway people away from Xbox. This is an answer to Sony loyalists who have been waiting for something like this. And I'm inclined to agree, all, yeah. but they need something to mm-hmm. uh, to sway people away from Xbox. As it stands right now, if if I were going to pick up a console, I wouldn't even have to think about it uh you know it would be xbox because just you can get so much more for the comparable price uh but you know i'm happy with my pc and that's expensive enough (laughs) star starfield yes starfield and they already increased games to 70 bucks yeah that's true yeah so i mean i i wouldn't like again uh, you know i think that that playstation has been doing a lot to not be the best that they could be they that they have been letting this really bad like crony capitalism kind of stuff impact their decision making before they used to be 
really honorable and really like, you know, they were really interested in, in doing the absolute best that they could do with the people that they were working with. And slowly over the last few years, we've seen it get worse and worse and worse. And again, these things tend to be like yo-yos. And I suspect that PlayStation will hit a bad spot in, in somewhere in the future and then we'll self-correct and we'll become better. They'll probably get some, some leadership in that's more interested in growing the brand and keeping it healthy than hitting a particular uh, growth every year in a bottom line report. Because that's what happens. And again, I'm not the genius who thought of this. You know, the guy who created Apple was. So um, right. he pointed that out and we pointed it out on the show many times. When marketing people become your CEOs, your company is doomed. And mm -hmm. unless you get rid of them and replace them with people who are interested in either making, you know, customer service as their category or expansion or growth or, you know, technological advancement, you know, and, and that kind of ties in with what I was saying about the moon. It's like, and NASA and all this stuff. It's like, we've had these companies that have literally been sitting, you know, these giant government agencies that have been sitting there filing in weekly reports because that's how they pay the bills and they're not really interested in pushing any new thing yet you know again yeah elon blew up a lot of rockets yeah way more than nasa did but he also perfected the self-landing rocket the reusable self-landing rocket that was something that nasa could never have dreamed of yeah and it's so weird too it's so weird because i was i've been listening to a lot of like uh, Dimension X and like really, really, really old, like 1930s, um, like sci-fi. And they had self-landing rockets. That was a thing in sci-fi almost a hundred years ago. And NASA looked at it and said, nah, never going to happen. And you had PlayStation look at the, you know, their, you know, the, the, Hey, like, let's make an online pass and give people free games to play. And they looked at that and said, nah, not really our thing, right? And it's like, well, what what is the thing that people want? What is the thing that's been driving the games industry lately? It's lately, it's like, yeah, it's sure, it's a lot of things, but streaming, streaming and, and um, you know, access libraries have become more, you know, more commonplace. Not that I'm, I, I don't actually like that. I, I wouldn't actually want to be on the Xbox thing. I mean, sure, yeah, it's great for games, but I actually want to, it's this really weird thing. I want to own my own products. I know, I know it's so backwards and like, what a, like what a well, boomer way of thinking, but it, it, just like, yeah, it is. And then uh, it, you, you enter the question of, can you own stuff anymore? But yeah, I mean, right. your point is taken. All right. All right. Quick uh, interlude here. So you are listening to the augmented reality podcast. As you see on the screen, we cover the critical gaming news of the week. Uh, please see the links in the description to join our Discord server where you can anyone can be a part of these recording sessions and in the, the live chat and our supporters on Patreon channel members and uh, server boosters are welcome to join us after the podcast, which will be wrapping up in just a few minutes um, for a post-show hangout in the audio room. So that'll be fun. And uh, anyway, a couple more stories to get to here. So hackers hit some mobile game that nobody's ever heard of and stole $600 million. This blew my mind because it's like... Well, I mean, it wasn't exactly nobody's ever heard well, of it. Obviously you know, not. Obviously somebody's... 2.5 million no, player it's, base. It's, 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 
obviously it's got some players, but um, so hackers hit this game called Axie Infinity and they stole. At first, I thought they had stolen the uh, when I when I first read this like last week we were going to talk about this last week because um, this is one of these NFT this, one of these games built on NFTs which we've talked about quite a bit and uh, I I don't know I mean again you could talk talk about another problem with NFT games you know what if the networks are hacked but uh, anyway they actually they stole a whole bunch of Ethereum and USDC. So they, they stole actual cryptocurrencies is what happened. Um, which I guess were, you know, people put their cryptocurrencies in the game to buy stuff, I guess. No, they yeah. uh, battled the pets and then earned digital currency there, which they can then exchange for cryptocurrency. Okay. Yeah. So it's a, it's, if you play it enough, theoretically, you can make money at it. Yeah, but yeah. Gu- guarantee, yeah, guaranteed people are putting a lot more money in there they're taking out. Obviously, that's, that's how it works. But uh, anyway, uh, what did you want to say about this, Saib? You, you wanted to talk about this one again. Well, aside from it being um, the largest theft in-game ever, uh, because, I mean, there were, there were, there were, I mean, there was some theft stuff before, like in, in, uh, in that one Eve online was, uh, as notorious for, for big thefts and, and, uh, stuff like that. Like in one case, it was $40,000 worth of stuff, but it, this takes the cake. This is almost half a billion dollars. Like, sorry, sorry, not half a billion, half a million dollars. This is almost half a million dollars. Uh, it's getting really late. Hilarious. And it's kind of like core concept, but also like, you know, wow, now now it's clearly in the big boys thing. And again, it's just another warning that I, I don't think technology is quite there yet to do these NFTs and these like um, Bitcoin creating uh, things. I just I don't think the technology is there yet. Is it going to get there? Probably. Would I recommend you put like a couple grand into these games? Not on your life. I would not trust it with any of these products. Don't use it as with your bank. Any account. of these NFTs. No, but by the way, I mean you, you were good right, Lord. You were right the first time. It is over half a billion. Six hundred million. More than six hundred million dollars. Oh, jeez. So, yes. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I guess yeah, I am it's, super, super tired. So yeah, no, okay, okay. Yeah, six hundred million dollars. Uh, um, but yeah, but yes. again, it's like why does this, why does all of this have to be built on the blockchain? I mean, and if it's like okay, we're using cryptocurrency. Well, here's the funny here's the funny thing about it. They know where the money is. They can literally see it in the ledger for Ethereum. They just can't access it. They can literally see it. They will know when somebody takes money out of it and uses it to spend it on something. And then they might be able to find the person that way. But right now, there's just there's all this money just sitting there in this thing doing nothing except somebody got access to it. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, so they, so they got access to it basically um, to, to put it into like super layman's terms. Basically there was this cash register, right? And they were, company was using this cash register. And then this new salesman comes in and goes, my sir, you're still using the M one cash register. Well, I've got a 75 Z top of the line brand new way better security 
And they go, oh, really? How much can you give us that for? Basically free. And they go, oh, wow, that's such a great deal. So like, all right, bring it in. Let's set up this brand new cash register. Hey, what do we do with the old cash register that has access to all of the accounts? Um, Can you just put it in the back room? Yeah, okay. uh, Hey, just so you know, there's this really shady guy hanging out in the back room. Yeah, yeah, well, just move the cash register back there. we got to get the new one running. Oh, okay, all right. What do I do with the keys in the cash register, you know, that open the thing and allow you to access all the bank accounts? Dude, can you just move it into the back? Okay, fine, I'll move it in the back. Put it in the back. Shady guy goes, hey, is that the cash register? Yeah. Don't don't touch it, okay? Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. I won't touch it. Uh, I think I think he needs you in the front again. Oh, okay. Holy garbage. All of our money just disappeared. What happened? That 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 is the like boiling it down to the most simplest form I can think of. <laughs> I wish we had the budget to like to produce some of these things or like animate some of your your little rants like that where you, you do the voices and crap. Uh okay, so <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, it's, it's, it's in the cards. We're working on something we, like that. We, we got to talk about uh, we got to talk about UE five. So we, I was going to give more time to this than we're going to just because we're getting so yeah, so, yeah. it's getting so late. But anyway, it's awesome. UE five. Like, it, it's showcase earlier today. It's amazing. Go watch it. But uh, the 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 tech that they're showcasing right now. I mean, uh, it just continues to blow me away. And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, there's stuff that, that we have seen before, such as, I mean, well, it's still amazing to look at it in action, but the lumen lighting, this, the, the real time bounce lighting that they have, they really, and to understand, you know, from, from what, from my research on this today, what I'm starting to understand is they've just, they found ways to optimize this stuff so well. Uh, that they, uh, you know, this stuff, in addition to hardware just getting faster and faster, they they found ways to optimize the bounce lighting and things like that just so well that these kinds of things are are just, are possible now. It is now possible, like with their Nanite technology, um, to take a full cinema quality asset, as like you're, like you're seeing on the screen right now, uh, to, you know, the kind you could use in a movie and dr- just drop it into your game world and have it just work and mm-hmm. not have to do, uh, you know, to go in and, and grind out a whole bunch of different level of detail meshes. And, and you know, the software just takes care of all that for you. Uh, you know, the bounce lighting, again, just looks amazing. Um, and uh, I would noted a couple other things. You know, their digital humans tool looks really like they're just creating great stuff. They have access to huge asset libraries. Plus, and I thought this was, I can't believe this was, this was barely a footnote in the, um, you know, in, in their presentation. Uh, there's, they, they have a mobile app that will let you scan real world 3D objects. You can basically do mm-hmm. scanning and photogrammetry with your phone so cool to scan in high high yeah high res uh, i've been been talking about this for a while this tech uh, like uh, i 
like years ago, I was talking about this tech, how you're going to be able to scan objects in. So the, the market is going to be flooded with just people creating objects nonstop. And there's going to be a market if anybody has a good phone. And you guys are hearing this here first. You can go out and start to capture objects, everything from plants to trees to rocks to household objects to clothes. If you happen to have a, a body, you can start to, to you know, capture your body and put it in as assets into these games. And there is this store and you might even be able to make some money while doing so. It depends the object. It depends on what you're getting. It mm -hmm. depends on how much you charge for it. How saturated but, the market is. I mean, that's... how saturated the market is for that kind of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, you heard it from me here first. If you're looking for something to do, look into this app, look into ways to get this in, look into ways to, to port this in, to create a, a profile in their store and to just start pumping it full of just random everyday objects. Go capture some really interesting objects in the real world. Go capture some unique places, some unique things, some unique creatures or like fish and stuff like that, like wildlife, like anything you can... Anything you can fully scan. Wildlife is going to be a little bit difficult, but, you know, you know, don't do something dangerous. But, like, this is really cool. This is that, this you is have that. a friend who's a taxidermist. Art. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, actually, taxidermist. Taxidermist. You, you, like, go to, like, like, go to, like, stores. Like, like, really old, like, vintage stores that have vintage stuff in there. And just start capturing stuff like that. It's probably going to make you guys a lot of money. Just saying, if you do it right, look like look into it a lot. Again, we're going to talk about this in the after show. But this is this is technology moving at a very quick pace in the gaming industry. This is that what I've been talking about for a long time. That step where we're starting to get into the place. By the way, this isn't the only engine doing this. Bethesda Engine is also also has they don't have an app, but they are also working on scannable technology. Porting that stuff to an app is going to be relatively easy, and things again, things in the in the future, making games is going to get easier, way, way. Well, I, way I think that's easier. because I wanted to when in talking about this, I don't want to just sit here and be like, oh, it looks so cool, and it does because it does, it it does. We could mm -hmm. do a, sh a whole show on how cool it looks, but I want to talk about what this actually means for the industry. Let's talk about the fact that the 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 first demo we saw, uh, the. Uh, you know, you see a picture of it on the screen right now in sort of that that desert sort of uh, canyon kind of landscape with the the woman walking through, um, you know, one of the first UE5 tech demos that we saw, which I think I can't remember if we covered it live, but we definitely covered it. Um, apparently was as far as GPU usage wasn't any higher than than Fortnite as far as mm -hmm. uh, the strain on the GPU, which is unbelievable. Now. Granted, it was a tech demo, very narrow scope. It wasn't a fully-fledged game with a whole bunch of characters running around everywhere. But at the same time, uh, you know, Fortnite is, uh, you know, was not going for photorealism. Uh, this this was going for photorealism. So it's pretty impressive when you, uh, when you compare those two things side by side. Uh, you know, so it's not, again... It's 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 not a uh, entirely an apples to apples comparison, uh, but it is pretty amazing. And especially and then also when you look at the hardware side of it, and and Nvidia 
had a uh, did a presentation very recently as well uh, about at the uh, the GPU technology conference GTC I think it's called an a- <laughs> an acronym within an acronym I don't know how I feel about that but anyway like they're um, you know GT so. Oh, here's what I was actually looking for here. You'll see some screenshots on the screen here of some stuff that they showcased at um, at the GTC. So you look at this, so look at this like opera theater or whatever this is. 160 million triangles or what we used to call polygons with 500,000 emissives, which are, you know, polygons that emit light, plus 30 spotlights, three bounces, uh, rendered in real time. Then they have this Tiger video, which has, again, just an insane amount. This is apparently... I mean, this is a pre-recorded video, but this was apparently rendered real time. Real time with with uh, NVIDIA's hardware. And NVIDIA's, of course... I went and, and looked at this because I was like, well, with, uh, with Unreal Engine 5 doing all this software stuff, are they going to be rendering uh, NVIDIA's... I apologize for being out of breath. It's uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm still getting over being sick, and uh, so yeah, we're reaching the end of the show, and so I'm getting a little tired here. But um, you know, I was like, so are are they integrating these two things? Is 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 Nvidia working with uh, Unreal Engine five and vice versa? And yes, they are. They're they're working together to integrate their technologies. So what does this mean for the future of gaming? It means. Uh, we're going to have super efficient rendering technology and calculations, uh, you know, of, of lighting and things like that. Um, we're going, we're, we have development environments where, you know, pe- what, what would have taken, you know, millions of dollars of research and development and, and tons of time of engineers working on, on, on building, you know, uh, stuff that took tons of time before is now just... You drag it in, and it just works. You drag in a massive model, put it where you want it to be, and it just works. And you immediately see what it looks like. You know, you're not just looking at a wireframe. You are seeing what it actually looks like if you're playing the game. Just the uh, the efficiency that this is going to bring to the game development proce- process, I think, is fantastic. Because... I want... I wanna, I wanna start working on some games. Well, I literally looked at this. I'm like, I, I wanna start working on something. <laughs> like, I, I thought the uh, same thing. Like well, this is this this technology is getting it's getting really close. Again, the the thing that was missing, I will say that I will say this: the thing that seems to be missing in in this engine, which is amazing as it is, the one thing that I found lacking is their um the physics, their in-game like physics for objects and again that is something that that they have not typically had a good feel on they have pretty good movement physics that and that seems to be getting better and better but they don't have the hey pick up the coffee cup and move it physics Hmm. they they don't have that and that's the thing that's missing from their engine um that is way 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 better in bethesda's engine and i i kind of like i'm kind of hoping that if Microsoft compete with Epic on the scale of an engine and do that and, and actually compete, actually compete with doing everything that, that Epic is doing. And if those two could have a fight, if that engine could be the Bethesda engine, 
that would be amazing. Like we're, we're a ways out from it, but like the physicality and the physics in that universe, because again, it's like, it's like you can animate a lot of things in, in unreal to like, look, uh, to look and do things like cool and, and, and look awesome, but it's not real. It's like, you can't, you can't, you know, you can jam something in and you can move it to the left and you can animate that. But then when you move it to the right, it's, the technology's not it's not quite there. Like they're getting close, but it's not it's Well, not quite is there. it that we haven't seen it yet for UE five or is it that <sighs> um... maybe, maybe, but I, I just it's never been their strong suit, so I don't see yeah, why fair. and and I'm but pretty th- sure th- that th- there there are opportunities for people to like there's probably third party tools out there or people can build them. Third yeah. party plugins. So, uh I've that... talked about well, so again, it's like I've talked about this for a long time. One of the tests that that's kind of been one of those like holy grail moments is like a sweater test of being able to pick up a sweater in a game world, have a character pick up the game sweater and put on the sweater, put on the sweater a hundred different ways and have it conform to the body in a hundred of the different ways that you're putting it on, you know, right arm, left arm, you know, both arms, stretching it down the middle, keeping it tugged up, moving it over, make it a robe, whatever. That kind of technology is not what we've been seeing progress in the Unreal Engine, but we have been seeing that technology get closer and closer and closer to being done and implemented in other engines, specifically the Bethesda engine. So again, it's like, I don't want all gaming companies to move over to one thing as cool as that would be for like, you know, making that one engine awesome. I think that they're missing certain technological jumps that, can be present there at some point in the future. Well, so and that, I, I, that's I, the kind of thing that I'm Sure, sure. I just think what what I get really excited about is what this is going to mean for the indie game scene. Yeah. And, and this oh, is yeah, kind no, of no. this, this is kind of where I was I, going. This is where I was going with I'm, all that earlier is because the if you don't have to worry about all that technical overhead in producing mm-hmm. your game world, you can you can zero in and focus on what really good indie developers are well known for and that is mm-hmm. the gameplay and creating awesome stories but gameplay specifically is what i'm going to highlight because that is the heart of your game uh you can have you can have an amazing looking world if it plays like crap if it's not fun to play uh then it, it doesn't even matter you've just wasted your development that's and so you know and but that's why there's so many there are so many uh indie games with like simple graphics even retro style graphics that have gotten really popular mm-hmm. which i get is also an artistic choice but uh you know so they can have a really low graphics budget but make a still make a spectacularly fun game and now hopefully they'll be able to do that make a spectacularly fun game uh, that's also, you know, just looks mind-blowingly amazing and was, you know, with with amazing lighting and, and stuff like that. Physics aside, I mean, again, I, to your point, yeah, a, a good physics engine uh, would be useful. But, I mean, not not every game needs a, a super in-depth physics engine. I mean, so there's there's that to consider. So maybe they didn't make that priority, but, I mean, mm-hmm. I think a, a good physics engine is... I, I hope that there is, you know, that option for, uh, for people as well. But anyway, uh, all right. Well, I'm about to, I'm about done as far as t- the talking thing. <laughs> so anyway, um, final thoughts from Simon Moon about Unreal 
and then we'll move and we'll uh, wrap it up for the night. Uh, did, uh, Moon, did you have any um, April Fool's thingies that you saw that you want to talk about? Mm, oh, heck. What was it? Uh, I saw that there was a Super Smash Brothers Ultimate Fighters Pass Volume 3. They're like, we have a new character. It's so awesome. And then there's hundreds of other characters. And then at the very end of the thing, they're like, and by the way, April Fool's. Mm-hmm. Sorry, let me unmute myself on the on the actual recording there. Uh, I do have this article pulled up. I wasn't going to jump into it because I figured we wouldn't have time. But um, so, what what characters did they actually say? They well, they adding? only mentioned one, Ira. Ira, which is made from uh, this. Um, who is it? The original characters from like Denmark or something. Fire Emblem okay. games, yeah. Fire Emblem the game's so, character. Yeah. So this list that you sent me, I've got to say, I was a little disappointed because a lot yeah. of these were not well, good pranks. The Nintendo Flex, are... this was a good one. <laughs> Nintendo Flex, <laughs> that just looks like a Game Boy. <laughs> Pretty much. The Pretty the much. Some of the more like nuanced ones was so Lost Ark did a VR version of their game. Yeah, uh, that's they right. they literally put all of their assets in their isometric hack and slash game into a VR world, and then created an entire like, um, like an like a, entire like a showcase, like a trailer, and they showed this, and it was hilarious. So that that was that was pretty funny. That was probably the most like impressive one. Um, world of Warcraft did some pretty funny ones because they just memed on themselves for the first time this is literally for the first time in years they actually memed on themselves and made fun of themselves for bad decisions that they've made in the last year and again a lot of people who who've been following the the blizzard news were kind of shocked because this was something they stopped doing like four years ago five years ago they just stopped making fun of themselves they said "Uh uh-uh we're too important to be made fun of. But now they, <laughs> they, they they completely like trounced themselves. One of the things was, was is they were making fun of like all the systems that they were in that they've been creating, which has been one of the biggest complaints. And then they also said that they they created an endless number of worlds that people can go to. And in those number a hundred like infinite number of worlds, in one of them there's gonna be a dungeon that you can finish a few milliseconds before all of the other dungeons. And then everyone in the known universe of gaming will flock to that one dungeon so that they can get it done a a few fractions of a second sooner. I thought that was really funny. Stuff like that is like, yeah, these game industries need to start making fun of themselves again so that they can like not that, so that they're not taking themselves so bloody seriously. Right. But Agreed. No, that was it. It, it was. It wasn't the greatest. It wasn't the greatest April Fool's Day one. Um, and of course, it's it's a couple days gone now. But I still thought it was kind of funny. I hid bananas in the kitchen. Made my kids laugh. They don't like. They don't like anything too shocking or surprising. <laughs> that that was the extent Weird. of my April Fool's Day. I was still sick though, so you know whatever yeah all right everybody thank you so much for joining us today for the augmented reality podcast again if you want to join the live recording session join our discord server also join the gilded of course Uh, we have a great online community in both of those places kind of straddling two platforms right now but we are again kind of 
making a controlled retreat away from Discord and toward Gilded. Um, plus, you can find everything else Triple S related, the merch store, the Patreon, um, and uh, a variety of other things down in the uh, down in the links. The links are all in the description below. Of course, subscribe here on the Triple S Podcasts channel and uh, over on our on our Triple uh, S League channel, in which we have a, a variety of other types of content, comedy. Um, <coughs> and reviews and uh game guides especially tons of game guides um new there's a series i'm doing called ai plays where we have ai playing video games uh the 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 response to the most recent one in that of it playing mario 3 uh, i was blown away i mean thank you guys so much uh so so many uh views and comments on that check those things out if you like uh or you know you know come back next week for uh the next podcast right right here on Triple uh, S Podcasts. Also, uh, stay tuned for Maximum News. Hopefully, Max is healthy and is able to do the podcast today. The other podcast we do on this channel uh, this week as well. All right. Our, uh, again, our supporters, Patreon supporters, and channel members, and uh, server boosters are welcome to join us for the post-show hangout in the post-show hangout room right now, if you're listening live. For everybody else, thanks so much for listening. We will talk to you again very soon. <laughs>